0: Hey there, welcome to the next installment in our Untold Stories of the Caribou Chilcotin Coast and our Travel Companion episodes. These episodes take me on the road into our region where I get to meet and talk to people on their terms to talk tourism. Now, before we get too much further into the show today, I have to start with a question Do you believe in ghosts? It's recently been discovered that the 108 Heritage Site, just outside of 100 Mile House, is one of Canada's most active paranormal sites. So if you don't believe, today's show might just change your mind. Welcome to the show. It's episode number two of our travel companion series for Untold Stories of the Caribou Chilcotin Coast. I'm your host, Jason Ryle. I thought it was time for me to get out of my studio and actually do something that a lot of Canadians don't do, and that is get out and explore their own backyard. I know being in the Caribou Chilcotin Coast region, I haven't had an opportunity to get out and explore a lot of the cool tourism asset thingies that we have in this region whether it's going to check out uh, rodeos whether it's checking out ski hills. I mean I've done a little bit of both uh, since I've lived in this region but I I know there's a lot that I haven't done. So one of the things that we're going to do today is we're going to go to the 108 heritage site. The 108 is Really it's on Highway 97 and it is, um, it's is—it's a, a heritage site between Williams Lake and 100 Mile House. The reason why we're gonna go there is to go for a special, um, what do we call it? It's a special uh, closed ghost tour. I didn't realize that the heritage site was uh, haunted but apparently it is. So we're going to go on a uh, self-guided, not a self-guided, we're actually going to go and meet Dave, the uh, heritage site coordinator, I guess. He's the guy that gives the tours. So we're going to go and meet up with him, Uh, but we're in Williams Lake right now, and it's just, it's uh, the end of, towards the end of October. Our sun is setting quickly, so it's time for us to hop in the truck and uh, hit the road. It'll take us about, half hour, 40 minutes to get from Williams Lake to the heritage site. So it's probably best that we uh, hop in the truck and hit the road and uh, try and enjoy this sunset while we can. I don't know if I really believe in ghosts. Uh, I don't want to say that I don't because I think that that would be, I don't know, it's just kind of conceited for us as mankind to think oh no, we're the only thing that's going uh, and that spirits don't exist I think that there's something else going on um, spiritually, I don't know metaphysically, paranormally I I don't get it Um, but I am curious, so I'm going to go in with an open mind and if I get get the bejesus scared out of me alright, good job if I get some kind of a connection like oh yeah, okay, there's a old cowboy ghost that uh, haunts the heritage site. If I can see some kind of a tactile, some kind of tactile proof, then, all right, I'm going to be a little bit more inclined to believe it. Uh, Anyhow, I'm not going to go in with a negative mind because my mama taught me right. Go in with an open mind. So we're going to go and uh, hit up the heritage site. All right, we're at the 108 heritage site now, and it's time to go meet Dave. Dave is... Uh, going to be our tour guide for tonight and uh, he just, uh, I just pulled in right beside him so let's go check him out. Dave. Hey, how hey. are you? Good, Jason.
1: Jason, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you so much. Let me introduce you to Mark and Tara Spender.
0: Hey Mark, how's it going?
1: Good
0: Tara, nice to Hello. meet you. Nice
1: for you. All right, so they, I
0: understand this is a haunted heritage site, is that it, right?
1: You know what, we are literally going to be walking onto one of the most haunted locations in British Columbia tonight. Really? And it's right here in the Caribou right where everybody can drive by and see it. And the best part about it is barely anybody knows the ghosts that actually hang out here. Absolutely. Well, see, this is new to me. I didn't realize that the Heritage Site was haunted as well.
0: Um, But then as soon as I found out that it was, I'm like, I gotta go there. And you're absolutely right uh, in that the Heritage Site is located right on Highway 97. People can probably hear the vehicles driving by. Uh, And I've lived in this area for too long, some would say. And driving by it's not something I had ever thought so this must be a new revelation for the heritage site to recognize that it's actually spirits at work
1: well we've actually been doing this since 2017 and the first tour actually took place in November of 2016 where the original caretaker here his name was Ken he passed away and There had been a couple of paranormal investigations here from teams from Vancouver, one of them good friends of mine from a team called Haunted Crew of Canada, and they came and did some filming here, and the action paranormal-wise was phenomenal. And when Ken passed away, what we did was we ended up doing a paranormal tour to raise money to get his ashes back home to South Africa. Oh, wow. And we ended up having 47 people show up that night at $20 a piece. We had professional ghost hunters up here taking people around on the tour. We raised $1,000 to help that. And all of a sudden, it just kind of clicked in with the 108 Heritage Site uh, their organization We kind of just came together and said, why aren't we doing this to raise money? I like the paranormal. There's a lot of people who have interest in it because of the television shows that are on TV right now. That's right. So what we were able to do is we started doing it once a month. And the phenomena that continues to happen around this place has continued. So we expanded the tour in 2018. Instead of once a month, we were doing it twice a month. And we've been able to raise money for this heritage site where everything we do is donated back to the site. And this site is one of the only historic sites in the province that is actually non-profit. It is not sponsored by any government agency or tourism British Columbia.
0: I'm excited about checking this out. So uh, where do we start? We go inside first? We're going
1: to head inside to what they call the McNeil House. This house was originally uh, in the 105 area and got moved here a number of years ago. So we're going to start off in there. We'll tell some stories. We'll Mm -hmm. allow the audience to check everything out. And Mark and Tara will say what they've experienced in this place. And we're just going to have some fun. And maybe, if we're lucky, we'll catch something on tape. That's
0: awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Okay, let's go. So one of the things that I've learned about the Heritage Sites in the 10 minutes of homework that I've done before I came down here was that this is, uh, the heritage site itself dates back to like the mid to late 1800s.
1: Yes, this site has always been a little bit of a historic area. The original Gold Rush Trail runs right along where Highway 97 is. So it's kind of funny though because this entire facility, there are not very many original buildings here. Okay. Majority of the buildings have been brought in from other areas within the Caribou community to this facility while well, we've had room and money to purchase them. And they have been kind of situated all over the place. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of buildings, right. kind of displaying the entire area from 100 mile house straight to 132 mile.
0: Okay, all right, but it's all part of the, uh, I guess what's now known as the Gold Rush Trail. Yes.
1: Head on in, shall we? Sure. Yep. Let you grab the door, and we're gonna hang a right. Okay. Ooh, all right. So we do have some light in here, which I will turn on. (coughs) We can well, thaw out a little bit while we're here.
0: Sure, yeah. This is, yeah, very... Um, like I've been to Barkerville, I don't know, a half dozen times growing up uh, and with my own family. and It's got that same kind of feel here.
1: It really does. And, you know, this was an area, what we have to realize is when we get to the numbers, okay, Yeah. from 54 mile to 70 mile to to 94 mile to 100 mile to 101 and... 103, 105, what a lot of people don't realize, even in this community, is how those numbers got started. What they were is they were actual post houses. That's right. Set up in those areas, and it, I believe 100 Mile is 100 miles from Lytton. Uh, is it Lill- Litton or Lillooet? I think it's Lillooet. Lillooet. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is all, they knew when they were coming up fr- through the through the mountains and through the canyon, mm-hmm. all of these gold miners, what they were able to do is they were able to stop every few miles to feed their horses, to get some sleep, to have a bath. Because the one thing that we forget about today is when we go on hiking trails, they're usually nice and smooth. Yeah, that's they're, right. And, but <laughs> back rude. then, yeah. they didn't have crushed gravel. They didn't have, you know, the smoothness that we have today. Guardrails. So they would start uh, and, <clears> and <throat> stop at these post houses. And we're going to go to one of the post houses tonight that used to be located across the highway. Okay. And we'll get more into the historic detail of that when we go in there, so there's no point in going into it now. But this house here, which was the 105 historic site, or pardon me, the 105 mile uh, McNeil house, was built by the McNeil family. And believe it or not, their granddaughter, great-granddaughters are still living in town. And the grandson, who is these granddaughter's father, his bassinet is actually upstairs in one of the bedrooms. so Which is really, really cool. But this house was originally in the 105. So people who are driving through 100-mile house into Williams Lake, they'll notice when they go through the 105, there's this real ugly old barn right on the highway. Well, it used to be quite an area for farmers to meet. And I believe there used to be a coffee shop and everything there. And this house was right there. Eventually, when the McNeil sold the house... What happened was the next people who bought it ended up actually turning it into like almost like a hostel. And this house was very much involved. And then I believe it sat stagnant for a few years and then it got bought again. It was other people's homes before about 20, 25 years ago it was actually moved to this facility. This is probably one of the most haunted rooms in the facility.
0: Okay, I want to hear more about this. All right, <laughs> All
1: right. So in this room... We have three spirits that come through a lot of the times. All right. All right. (laughs) Right there by the grizzly bear. Of course, right where I'm standing. Absolutely. We feel that this grizzly bear is actually still here. The bear. The bear. Or the spirit of the bear. So what we use here, before I put that down, this is called a K2 meter. Now, a lot of paranormal investigators, there's always some big, great debate on what actually works. Right. Okay, this is probably the simplest, most easy, and effective piece of gear that we use on the tour. Number one, it's cheap. But okay. number two, it has a little bit of results. Now, this is called an EMF detector. Mark can actually break it down a little bit better than I can because he's actually an electrician, and this actually picks up electric electromagnetic frequency. Right. So it will be affected by a cell phone. It will be affected by... Uh, Anything that's emitting a, a signal. Yeah. Right. But what is also believed in the paranormal field <clears throat> is that these will actually pick up the frequency of spirits. So a lot of times, what we do is we actually set this machine on top of the bear's head. Yeah. And there will be times when the bear will be active, and sometimes if the bear is active, we'll get somebody to kind of scratch. Sure. Right yep. on, right on his leg. <laughs> it's funny though because there are certain times of the year where he this doesn't. The bear's not going to jump
0: up and be like, "No, ha!"
1: He <laughs> he will not be doing that. Now usually. He does react. Sometimes, I should say. There was a blip. There you go. So what we're looking for here, and I apologize, I got gloves on. It's a little cold. We're looking for these lights to light up here. And we're looking for any type of reaction.
0: Good little bear
1: scratching by the ear. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he likes that. See? So how cool (coughs) is that? That's pretty cool. All right. So the other two spirits oh, that we have here and here's what's really cool if you look at this yep. these two meters yep. okay they are actually going off at the same time. Yeah. And there's nothing in there that would be causing it.
0: Well, I mean, I've I've got a cell phone in my pocket, but uh, I, I don't So I got to admit I I don't know if I'm 100% convinced in ghosts. Right. I think most people are probably skeptical. I, I said I'm going to approach this with an open mind. So, stuff like this, uh, the more action we get the, and the more unexplainable it is, yes. is probably what's going to convince me.
1: Well, here, let me, so. let me explain this to you. <clears throat> it's not about conviction, okay? okay? You're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. There are people, we've come in here and we've had people come on this tour who will walk around, their arms crossed like this and have a little bit of a scowl that you guys are just BS'ing me out of $20 and you know what? They leave and they're like, I never thought that would happen. Our tour is not a carnival type tour. We don't have people who are standing behind walls to jump out and yell, boom or anything like that. We have taken what you see or what a lot of people interested in the paranormal see on television and we've brought it to you. But the other thing that we have done here with this tour is we have all studied up on what the history was like. and This is more of a historic tour to explain what was going on 150 years ago. And sometimes we are very, very lucky to get something anomalous, to talk about their story from the other side. We can't guarantee you're going to get results. We could go through this entire facility and not have any of these machines go off. Sure. Yeah. Not have anything happen whatsoever. But you know what? People get home, they look at their photographs that they take on on, on pictures, and the next thing you know... They've captured something strange. So this is a little bit of a binder that that shows some of the pictures. Now, before I open this, I want to explain something. Mm-hmm. When we go on tour with people, we have one rule as tour guides. We don't call ourselves paranormal investigators because we're not. We're tour guides. Right. Okay? The one rule that we have is we are not allowed to take photos. Okay. Okay? Because we don't want anything doctored where somebody could come to us and say... Oh, you made that up. You made this happen. Oh, I you, see. Okay. You, you staged this photo. So this is in the room we are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this picture was taken in 2017. Right in here, very faintly, the shadow of a little girl. Uh, okay, a little girl. So here's the other one where she, she's kind of standing right there. Yeah, it's in, just a, in front of the in front of the rifles right here. Now here's probably one of the most amazing photos that I have ever seen. All right. Okay. We don't all, all, all only have ghosts here. Oh? On September 28th last year, 29th last year, we had a number of professional paranormal investigators, both from Canada and the United States, doing a a ghost tour here. Mm-hmm. And these are names that you would recognize from television, who have been on many of the United States television right. shows. Yeah. And... Anyways, during their shooting, they were in the post house over there, and I'll show you uh, where this incident happened. One of the uh, camera crews was using a camera called an SLS. So for people who don't know what that is, that's where when you take a photograph, everything has a pinkish-purple hue. Right, yeah. Okay? They took 500 photos while they were here. And in the middle of those photos,
0: there was one where
1: the pink purple hue did not show up so now wow, okay so now what happens they have to go through that and figure out okay is there an issue with the camera why didn't it go so they looked at the photo mm-hmm. and it's very <clears throat> tough to see we're going to need some light here here's the photo that was taken yeah okay this is the door to outside so when we go into the post house we'll enter through this door okay okay this is a spinning yarn wheel Big right. spinning yarn wheel. This here's a doorway that goes upstairs. Now, the issue that we have with that photo is what is in there.
0: I'm afraid uh, that yes? I, my old man eyes are getting the best of me and I can't I can see uh,
1: some kind of a blur in the doorway but Okay, I'm going to show you here on my phone when I find it because okay. This is where things get very, very interesting.
0: It's almost like it's contained within the circumference of
1: the the wheel. Okay. So I've got... You'll notice here that I have the same photo on my phone. Yes. Okay. Now watch what happens when we zoom in. You will notice... That's a person's face. That's not a person. That's that's an, an alien. That's an extraterrestrial. Yeah,
0: that's an alien's face. I can see two eyes... The sort of uh, elongated, uh, almost like a teardrop head? Yes. Dude, you're freaking me out. (laughs) Okay. All right.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, now the one thing I love about this photograph, okay, is we try to debunk these photos. As a good cynic Uh, would. Absolutely. We We don't want to put on here any type of BS. We want this to be as real and as natural as possible. So when we caught that photo, the first thing that we as a team did was we went into that building and mm-hmm. looked on the wood paneling to see if there was any big black eyes on that wood panel. Yeah, is there something there else was not that could uh, and, be and mistaken it, for that? You'll be able to see for yourself. This was taken back in July okay. in the barn. This is an exit sign. Yep. Yeah. You notice anybody standing there? Yeah, there's definitely a, a person. So we call him the Shadow Man. Now, from what we've learned about him, he's a pretty cool guy. All right, that's good. Okay, he usually comes out to play, <laughs> and he love. He has been photographed so many times in that downstairs area. It's been phenomenal. Is he in this building? No, he's in the Clyde Still Garden. Okay, so this is also in the post house. This is from outside. <clears throat> uh, you'll see the lady's face right in the corner, saying hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see her there. And here we see this image of what looks like two children on the stairwell. Yeah, I can see that, too.
0: (sighs) Okay, when your guide takes a deep breath on a haunted tour.
1: (laughs) I want to preface this before I show you this, okay? I love this. Um, I have sent this photo, like through my company, Spaced Out Radio. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very involved with the paranormal. I'm not a paranormal guy, okay? okay. I'm a, if if you ask me what kind of weirdo I am, I'm a I'm a UFO guy. I'm the guy who wants to run in the forest looking for Bigfoot. In late in September, September 8th, 2017, mm-hmm. we had a tour here and we were raising money for the 108 fire department for the great job that they did. In protecting us sure. during the fires right. and they, they did, did an immaculate job. They were all heroes. Yeah. And we had fifty-four people show up on the tour that night. We had the fire trucks out here. It was it was an awesome, awesome event. There was a, a lady, and I don't think she'll mind me using her name, a retired school teacher in town here named Connie Buker. Okay. Now Connie is like you. Very, very skeptical. But she figured she would come here because her friend was into all the paranormal television shows. And she just figured, well, she doesn't want to go alone. I'll go with her. and Probably nothing going to happen. And this photo that she caught, I have personally sent to probably a dozen professional paranormal investigators. And they have said this is one of the best, if not the best, ghost photo they have ever seen. <laughs> all right. all right, it's a hell
0: of a setup, Dave.
1: Now my question to you is: Before you look there, mm-hmm. okay, this photo is a little dark. Yeah. Can you find the ghost? I think I see the ghost at the top
0: of the stairs here. Is this a, like a landing? No.
1: Okay, okay. So
0: maybe it's just the glare that. I okay, that's seeing. a
1: little bit of the glare. Um, let's go here. Can you find the ghost in that photo? On the stairs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't know who that is. That's uh, so. It looks like a person that's standing on the stairs. With um, to me, it looks like he's got one hand
1: like on the railing kind of thing as he's walking up the stairs. But oh. I'm going to get a clearer picture of that because I do have one on my <clears throat> on my phone. So let's go that way. There's the photo. Yep. Same photo is in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now if we zoom in.
0: Oh yeah, right there.
1: Okay. Now if we That's zoom.
0: That's obvious.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's the guy on the stairs. So here's the funny part about it is when we sent this photo. This this photo was taken by a Samsung Android phone. Okay. All right. Fairly like, decent camera. So when we when this photo was taken, we were like, "Holy cow! This is the holy grail of photos." Mm-hmm. And we sent it around. I had a couple people come back, including a guy named Mark D'Antonio, who does all the work for uh, the Mutual UFO Network, Say, I don't know, it looks like it's a cardboard cutout. I said, Mark, you have my word, the reputation, my entire radio show and business on the line, there is no cutout there. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if that is real, that is one of the best photos that I have ever seen. That's crazy. And I've taken this to numerous Uh, people a guy named Butch Witkowski who actually did some camera work to see if anything was doctored on it Mm -hmm. was like I can't even repeat the language he used sure he was just like this is amazing okay (laughs) and so if you look there Mm -hmm. we go vertically you can see yeah you can see his face see how he has a line coming down the middle of his face Mm -hmm. I don't know if the camera can see that I apologize but he's got kind of a line coming down his face.
0: It might be the shadow of the nose. Uh, uh, it looked, I, I don't know. But
1: here's the thing. Very rarely <clears throat> do you catch the same spirit twice on camera. Twice. So this was taken in, on September 9th, 2017. And we go back one page. And there he is again. The same guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Same guy. And let me tell you, when he found out that he was photographed twice, I got attacked. Mark's been attacked. Attacked. Spiritually attacked. Okay, what is it
0: what does that mean, spiritually attacked?
1: Well, when you have a when you lose complete control of your body, okay, and you don't know where you're going. And, what? And in my case, there's a lot of dry heaving that goes on. There's, and you don't feel right. It is a very, very difficult feeling. And we've had that happen. Mark here. The one thing I love what? about the one thing I love about Mark is Mark is one of the most skeptical dudes you'll ever meet. All right, okay. And there's Good. Uh, this guy gets picked on here. <laughs> this guy gets picked on here. If there's anybody now who's going to be attacked, it ain't going to be me anymore. It's All right. him. The one thing a lot of people need to understand is the Caribou is filled with amazing stories. Absolutely it is. Okay. It is filled with ghost stories, First Nations indigenous legends, yeah, of little people, of sasquatch, yes, other creatures that have not been explained, and it's also filled with UFO and alien abductions. You know, it's kind of interesting that you mention
0: that because I know uh, through talking with some of uh, friends that I've made over time, um, the legend of Sasquatch yes. is actually very prevalent in coastal First Nations. Absolutely. They um, uh, truly believe the Sasquatch is not only real, but has an influence over their lives and their livelihood. And um, Now, when you say, you know, in, in the categories that you mentioned, when you say the little people... Are we talking like leprechaun little people or no, you're
1: talking leprechaun little people? <laughs> we are talking now I have never seen <clears throat> okay. anything like that. But if you go over to the Canem First Nation, yes, they have an area where up on one of the mountains that they have to get permission to go up into the town where the little people live. The little people are known as being very mischievous, where if you upset them, they will look for some way to get back at you. Almost like a karmic. Right Type activity. It's funny. I was talking to one of the elders at the Canon First Nation one day that I've you know thankfully been able to befriend, and I asked him one day I said, "How many uh, Sasquatch sightings do you get a year? Where can you point me in the direction of Sasquatch?" And he kind of just shook his head. He goes, "You know, our people rarely, rarely have encounters with Sasquatch?" He goes, "I just wish that the star people would stop taking our people." The star people. The star people. Like aliens. Aliens. Now, here's another thing a lot of people don't understand. Is back in September of 1988, one of the best recorded Canadian alien abduction stories happened on the 99 Mile Hill. Really? Yes, where a lady named Miriam Delicato was riding in in the passenger seat of a car. There was two people in the back seat. There was a driver and Miriam. And they watched this orb of light follow them from Quenelle. And the minute they went into town, the light would disappear. But the minute they got back on the dark roads, this light would be following them again. And if traffic started coming, this is in the middle of the night, if traffic started coming the other way, this orb of light would disappear. And then when it was gone, the orb of light would reappear. And finally, on the 99-mile hill, Miriam, for some reason, said to her friend driving... Pull over. They're here to get me. And Miriam was gone for three hours, three and a half hours. She got out of the car. The car was turned off. They pulled the car over. This is when the highway was still two lanes. They pulled the car to the side. Okay, the three people were still in there, almost like in sleepy zombie-like states. Mm -hmm. Miriam gets out of the car. She is met by three little gray alien beings on the highway who take her across the highway to where the ship was. She doesn't know if it took off, but she just knows she was on the ship for three hours. And when she came back, she opened the car door, sat in the car, and when she slammed the door, everybody else woke up. After the fires, we started talking about Sasquatch, and he was like, I don't know if I really believe in it. And I said, let me show you a print. A friend of mine, mutual friend of ours had actually found a print a print like a footprint a footprint I took mark to where it was and I don't really tell people where it is because we're still hoping they come back okay yeah all right and mark gets down on his one knee and and mark has been an outdoorsman for 30 35 years He's been a tracker. He's been a hunting guide. This guy knows everything. And, and you know, it drives me nuts because I think I'm pretty aware and pretty astute. And him and I will be walking on some game trail, and he'll be like, oh, there's a print for a wild horse. And I'll look down on the ground, and I'll be like, where? Okay. Right? And he'll be like, okay, see that leaf, how it is bent that certain way? That's yeah. from a hoof. Kind of like or, a man tracker kind of idea. Exactly. That's exactly <clears throat> what he's like. And so he's kneeled down beside this print, and for literally 15, 20 minutes, the only thing he would say was, Dave, what the hell is this? What the heck is this, Dave? I've never seen this before. This doesn't make sense. And... it was the same four sentences repeated for about 20 minutes, and I'm just sitting there laughing, and I said, Welcome to the world of Sasquatch. We are going to take you on a little bit of a tour around the facility. We're going to yeah. show you where we have what we call hot spots of where things are happening. And here's the thing. We can't guarantee that something is going to happen. No, fair enough. But you never know. And, but here's the interesting part for all of you listening at home. And because I know this is going to be edited as well. Everybody goes through it. Listen closely. Because just because we don't hear it doesn't mean that the voices aren't going to be captured on the microphones. True.
0: I have heard that, yeah, weird things get recorded that you don't notice in the moment. Absolutely. And it's not until you're in post when people are like, hey, what was that sound? Did you hear that? Look at the meters. Let's. uh, Do we need to take this? Well, we're going to take that. Okay. Do you mind if we take a break? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Goosebumps? Not goosebumps, no. Um, No, lightheaded? Okay, we're going to take a break there for now, but I can promise you there's a lot more to cover, including where I'm scared out of my mind. The barn at the 108 Heritage Site has to be one of the scariest places and moments I've ever had. No kidding. Check out that moment and more in our next episode, which is simply part two of the ghost tours of the 108 heritage site.